Are you a business owner or entrepreneur who's had great success in the business world? And now you want to launch a speaking career to share your message with the world. If that's you, then listen up. 25-year speaking industry veteran Brett Ridgway has released his latest special report, Three Key Things Entrepreneurs Must Master to Build a Profitable Speaking Business. To pick up your copy, go to brettridgeway.com forward slash freebie. Welcome to the Spotlight on Speaking Show with Brett Ridgway, where you'll learn the keys to building a profitable speaking business from speaking industry pros. Each week, we interview a great guest who will share his or her speaking journey, identify what their keys to success have been, and highlight some critical mistakes they've made along the way that you'll want to avoid. Be sure to visit our website at spotlightonspeaking.com. And while you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now, sit back, tune in, and get ready to meet this week's guest. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Spotlight on Speaking Show with Brett Ridgway. I'm your host, and I'm excited to have as my guest today, Melanie Hershorn. Melanie is a children's book marketing strategist for authors, coaches, consultants, and speakers worldwide. She's on a mission to support and empower her class to build a business with their book as a foundation and to help them share their message with the world. Using her unique combination of entrepreneurship, award-winning journalism, and PR experience, Melanie guides her clients to create brand awareness, sell books, and position themselves as subject matter experts so they can make a big impact with their book. She also loves to provide book marketing tips and interview authors on her YouTube show, Authority Marketing Live. Welcome, Melanie, to the Spotlight on Speaking Show. Thank you, Brett. I'm so excited to be in the spotlight with you today. All right, well, let's shine that spotlight on you. So this is all about your speaking journeys, and we'll get into your sweet spot on books a little bit later in our interview. But when did you first decide that you needed to get up on that stage and share what you had learned along the way with others to help them on their journey? It was 2020, the beginning of the pandemic. Everything had shut down, and virtual stages were becoming more and more popular and prevalent because there really wasn't a place you could go and speak in person where people would gather. It was a, you know, people couldn't gather. And I decided one day that I was going to be a speaker. I said, that's it. I'm going to call myself speaker if I can get one speaking event. And I did. It was part of a summit. I spoke for maybe 20 minutes mm -hmm. and it was magical. It was magical because not only did I get to share what I know, but I got to see people's reactions mm -hmm. and I got to know that I was making this world just a little bit better. So have you only spoken on the virtual stage, Melanie, or have you got on that in-person event stage yet also? I have gotten on the in-person event stage as well. And that too, I mean, I was, I've been, I get nervous sometimes because, well, I mean, I guess everybody gets nervous. I get really <laughs> nervous, a little sweaty. I'm like, oh gosh. Okay. But then you're standing there and you realize that you are part of this. It's not just like you up on the stage and you're looking down upon your subjects. It's, it's really a conversation. And even though the audience may not be speaking, they're sort of their, their energy, you can feel it. 
And it's really, really amazing. I uh, just recently, a couple of days ago, actually, I was speaking um, at an in-person event and it's just, I don't know. It's just so wonderful when you're not on a Zoom screen. <laughs> so being fairly new to the speaking world and having just apparently started your in-person event speaking, which, which you'd like better, the in-person or the virtual world? Well, I've done a couple of in-person, well, more than a couple, but it's it hasn't been as long as I've been speaking virtually. Um, which do I like better? Well, it depends on the day. So if I really <laughs> just feel like wearing sweatpants on the bottom, I'm going to tell you that a, a virtual summit is going to be easier simply because it means that I don't have to get completely dressed. However, if I really want to feel the energy and not be staring at little boxes of people where, you know, there's a spinning chair or people look so bored on a Zoom call or they don't even bother putting their face on, I think in person is where it's at. I'm going to be real with you. <laughs> Well, I think it's, it's starting to come back. And so there'll be more and more of those opportunities for everybody. So that raises the question in my mind. In the virtual world, since that's the majority of your experience thus far, what, what do you do differently to get your audience engaged and involved in your presentation compared to an in-person event? Mm, okay. So in an in-person event, you're feeling their, I already said this, but energy you can see their faces and you can kind of gauge what they're thinking and what they're enjoying and what didn't land very well. But on a summit that is virtual, it's harder to do that. So one of the things that I do is make sure to ask questions that they have to answer mm -hmm. and bring their answers into my presentation. Because when people feel like they're part of a community, it makes everything better. So I may be the presenter, I may be the quote unquote expert, but your voice matters too. And when I can bring that into the presentation, you know, I've gotten to the point, Brett, where I don't even use slides because mm -hmm. I'd much rather have a conversation because that's how people remember, you know, you share stories, you hear their stories. That makes it so much more special and so much more alive. So when you are doing your speaking, Melanie, are you doing it purely from a, a business building standpoint or are you selling directly from the platform? Are you doing keynotes? What, which format is your method? In general, I am offering something for free, which is usually uh, my, my free resource, which is the book market, the ultimate book marketing checklist. When I speak, I'm, I know that you need several touch points. You know, I'm in marketing, so I know that you need several touch points. So somebody is going to see me speaking and they're not going to automatically, you know, buy a $10,000 package. There has to be, you know, warming up, but there are smaller things that you can sell, which is books, which I have done. You can definitely sell books from the back of the room. You can add your link to your book on a virtual stage. And that's a small, like that's a low ticket item that gets people to know you more and you're sharing your wisdom further past the event. So when you're speaking at an in-person event, mm -hmm. 
what's your go-to topic number one? And then how do you measure if you've been successful with your talk or not? Mm, okay. So my go-to talk is build a business with your book. And because I really believe that the publishing industry, and I'm going to say this, it's going to be a little controversial, but the biggest lie that the publishing industry tells would-be authors is that all you need to do is write a book and it'll change your life. It'll change your business. And the truth is, if you don't have marketing around the book, people aren't automatically going to magically buy it. They aren't automatically going to magically ask you to speak on their stages or invite you to their podcasts. There has to be a marketing piece around that. And so that's what I talk about, the importance of the book and then what you do with it in order to grow your brand, your business, your mission. And I feel like you asked me a second question. What was the second question? Oh gosh, now you got that. What was that second question? So, Oh, measuring. Man, Measure, how do you, measure, how do you yes. measure if you were successful or not? <laughs> okay. How do you measure if you're successful? Well, for me, it's about growing my email list because like I said, people aren't going to you know, meet me and then go, oh my gosh, I already wrote a book and I need you. Or, oh my gosh, I want to start writing a book tomorrow and I need you. It's, it's a slower process for me. So if I can get them into my client journey and have them on my email list and have them join you know, any virtual workshop that I lead, that to me is success because they know who I am and they get to know me, they get to like me, they get to trust me, which is super duper important. And then eventually, if and when they're ready, I'm the person that they're going to go to. So that no like and trust that you mentioned, Melanie, obviously the key to that is building rapport with your audience. So what are some of the tips or techniques that you use to build a better rapport with an audience? Mm, okay. So one thing you can always do is do the thing that is most comfortable for you whether it's writing posts, whether it's going live on video, whether it's doing collaborations, whatever it is, and just being consistent with it, always showing up. And my community, my audience, they know that I'm always going to come with great value. That's very important. And also, I reach out to people individually. Uh, I, I don't ascribe to the, you know, bro marketing idea of just spray it and it's all a numbers game and, and people are just dollar signs. That's not how I see people because people are human. And so I believe that developing a relationship, whether it's in the DMs or if it's over email, you know, I send out email newsletters, but people reply to them because I'm actually talking to them. I'm not talking at them. So, you know, if somebody likes your post, go ahead and thank them and, and start a conversation. And also there's always the magic of building up, you know, power partners or referral partners, you mm -hmm. know, people who do something similar, but not exactly. And you share the same kind of clients and, and those referrals go a long way as well. All right. So you talk about talking to them and not at them. For somebody, you know, preparing a speech or whatever it may be, how do you do that? How do you know that you're talking to them and not at them? Mm, okay. So talking at you is, Brett, you need to do this. You should do this. 
Why haven't you done this yet? Let me make you feel bad about it. Talking with them is, let me tell you about a story about what happened to me when X, Y, and Z. And sharing stories and then asking for input, even if it's just raise your hand if you've ever experienced something like X, Y, Z. All of a sudden people go, oh my goodness, yes, I have. And she sees me. I'm seen. There is something so incredible about feeling seen by somebody. And you as a speaker have the opportunity to do that. All right. So I have one of my favorite questions to ask my audience always concerns mistakes. I want to talk to you about mistakes in a couple of different arenas. Number one, your speaking career. And number two, mistakes that speakers make with their books or authors make with their books. But before we get to that, let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsor. Are you a business owner or entrepreneur who's had great success in the business world? And now you want to launch a speaking career to share your message with the world. If that's you, then listen up. 25-year speaking industry veteran Brett Ridgway has released his latest special report, Three Key Things Entrepreneurs Must Master to Build a Profitable Speaking Business. To pick up your copy, go to breadridgeway.com forward slash freebie. And we are back with the Spotlight on a Speaking Show and my guest, Melanie Hershorn. So we were talking about mistakes before the break, Melanie. So First thing I want to do is ask you to bear your soul a little bit and maybe share a mistake you made in your speaking journey that was embarrassing at the time, but a lesson was learned that was valuable, and it would be something you'd advise aspiring speakers not to do. Okay. I'm very excited to share. So one thing about me is that I'm what you see is what you get. So what I did was I thought that having a PowerPoint and just rambling on about how to do this strategy, how to do that strategy, how to do the other strategy was going to make me the best speaker ever. And it would make all these people want to write books and market books and call me. And I would be, you know, the one and only book marketing and publishing expert in the world. And that's not what happened because after presenting this same, this same PowerPoint umpteen times. I don't even know how many times I did this speech. I realized it wasn't doing anything. You know, yes, people were like, oh, we know her and maybe we like her, but did it make them trust me? Probably not. Just because I'm telling them what to do to be successful doesn't mean they're going to do it because chances are all they heard was like one thing I said in the whole 30 minutes. So it's kind of embarrassing because I never asked them for any input. I never stopped to talk to the audience and I kind of just nattered on and on. And uh, I don't do that anymore, thankfully. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, great lesson there. So now let's talk, Melanie, about mistakes in your sweet spot, book marketing and all that. So one of the books I actually wrote was a book called Mistakes Authors Make. So I'm curious as to what Maybe you think the three biggest mistakes you see authors or speakers make with their books are. Okay. So just mistakes in general? Sure. Okay. So not necessarily. Whichever way you want to go. Oh, gosh. Okay. I have a long list in my head. Let's see if I can whittle it down here. First mistake is thinking that the publishing is the end because Mm -hmm. that's the beginning. 
uh, once you have the book, it's what you do with it. That uh, Kevin Costner movie from the 80s, um, if you build it, they will come. Mm -mm. No, they, they don't come. No field, no field of dreams in the book publishing world. There's really, truly no field of dreams. So that's <laughs> that's number one. Number two is thinking that if you post on social media a couple times about your book, that that's going to tip the scales for you and you're going to become this amazing thought leader and sell boatloads of books. Um, you need a strategy. You really need a not just a social media strategy, but a marketing foundation strategy in order to then take your book and have it do the things that you wanted it to in the first place. So that's number two. Number three is giving up. Now, a lot of people, a lot of people will write a book, they'll publish a book, they'll get the box of books, they open it up with so much excitement. They hold the book in their hand and they smell the pages and they look inside and they see their name. And then this box of books just sits there and starts collecting dust. And then they say, well, I missed my chance on to the next thing. And a book is evergreen. You know, unless you've written it about the pandemic, in which case I can help because I actually had a client that wrote a pandemic memoir and we changed the entire thing, not the book itself, but the way we marketed it. And he just got into a very big bookstore in Colorado <laughs> now. So that is all to say, don't give up. There are absolutely ways of marketing a book that was published a year ago, two years ago. You can always, you know, do a second edition if if you really feel like some of the information needs to be updated. But don't give up because you have a special message that only you can tell. I can't tell it. It's not my message. It's yours. So be sure to go and get that box and start going again, start marketing again. All right. So great advice. And I want now, Melanie, if you would take a couple of minutes to tell people a little bit more about what it is that you do specifically. And I think you have a freebie or something that they can go get online. And how do they get involved in your world if they so choose? Sure. So what I do is I help nonfiction authors and children's book authors. If they've written the book already, I help them market it. And if they want to write the book, I help them from start to finish, meaning idea through marketing, publishing in the middle of that. And I offer the ultimate book marketing checklist because it's really good to know what you want to have in place to market your book, even before you start writing it. And that's available at vipbook.marketing.com checklist. Actually, nope, it's that's not where it is. It's vipbookmarketing.com slash checklist. My apologies. <laughs> I got a lot of those going on in my head. vipbookmarketing.com slash checklist. That's my website. You can get there. All right. We'll make sure that's in the show notes down below. So any final words of wisdom before our listeners, before we wrap it up? Absolutely. So if you want to have a speaking career where you're getting you know, you won't, you won't get out of bed for $10,000 a day. Like whoever said that was a Linda Evangelista, <laughs> whoever said that, then having a book can really amplify that. 
can really up the game for you because that is a credibility builder. But being a speaker and having a book and not marketing yourself is what's going to hold you back. So start marketing today. All right. Very good. Well, my sincere thanks to you, Melanie, for joining me on this episode of the Spotlight on Speaking show. To all our listeners out there, thank you for joining us. Hop on over to SpotlightOnSpeaking.com and register with your favorite streaming service to be notified of upcoming episodes. And as always, I wish you the greatest of success in all that you do. And may this year be your greatest year yet. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. This has been the Spotlight on Speaking show with Brett Ridgway. Be sure to join us every week as we interview speaking industry pros and have them share their best tips for building a profitable speaking business. Until next week, thank you for tuning in. And remember to visit our website at SpotlightOnSpeaking.com so you can enjoy even more great episodes like this one. While you're here, be sure to subscribe via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Spotlight on Speaking show. Until then, our sincere best wishes to you for the greatest of success as you work to build your own profitable speaking business. Oh,